Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and this is the podcast about doing your own thing, whether it's building a personal brand, maximizing your side hustle, or making the most of your every day. You've heard me talk about my brand, Preston Conrad Home, and if you've ever wanted to grab something from my luxury home fragrance collection, today is your day. I want to hook you guys up with 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com. That's one of our luxury candles or our new hand wash. Use the code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com. Offer code brand me. Hey, everybody. Today's show is all about juggling. We are talking juggling it all with Louise Rowe. Louise is a fashion journalist, broadcaster, and the founder of a new brand called Charlotte England. She's also a very good friend of mine. But Louise and I chat about launching a business, maintaining your personal brand, and juggling everything from product drops to being a mom. You're going to love this episode and the British accent, I have to say, smooth as butter. So grab a cup of tea for this episode. And here is Louise Rowe. By golly, we're reunited, Louise Rowe. Here we are. This time we've got an ocean between us, not a flight, but... I know. I I really miss New York, though, and seeing it in the window behind you. I just want to get on a plane because I'm in London now, and it's really quick to get there. It's so quick. I always say to my friends that when when I pop over to London, they're like, why wouldn't you just go to California? I'm like, it's actually quicker, I think, just to get to London than it is to San Francisco. Well, it is the same, which is crazy. And they feed you on that flight to London for free, whereas they don't Very well. feed you on the one <laughs> to the West Coast. So I know where I'm going. You and um, your life in London is something I want to touch on on the podcast today. But for all of those who maybe weren't following along when you and I work together are hosting our show on TLC and they don't already know you who what are you up to tell who everybody are kind of, who are funny. you girl you? tell it tell everybody who you are and what you get up to I, in so your fabulous I'm Louise, life I'm Louise Rowe and I um have a background in really predominantly fashion journalism so I worked at Vogue and in style and L and all those titles that are slowly all going digital and slipping away but it was a while back because I'm very old and it was when it was the sort of glory days of magazines being glossy and fab so I feel very lucky I got to go to fashion week and the Oscars and all these amazing things and I also have a background in broadcasting so TV presenting and I lived in LA for 11 years which is also where you and I met and did a show together which was a fab makeover show and I adore you and weirdly I um we my husband and I we met um on a show and he's a director so that's another story but we moved love him by the way you two are just the perfect I mean it's beyond if you're not following Louise's husband in addition to Louise please do it's a hoot you two are hilarious together um I often get je- jealous of you two hanging out but um we moved back to England three years ago and I sort of say you know just in time for Covid basically and um we moved to the countryside found this beautiful 200 year old vicarage renovated it redecorated it and then having all these lockdowns and things we suddenly were like mm, hold on we're not ready for this yet let's move into London so we swiftly moved into the city the only people that did that during the pandemic I think and now we're in yeah. London in the townhouse and we love it and my um job is I still do tv hosting and I still write a little for um the telegraph here 
But I've moved into the interior space and I absolutely adore it. It's like a passion that has been ignited and I'm fueling it. And I'm definitely working my socks off, but I I love it. There's a lot going on at the moment. You and I uh, share a similar passion for interiors. It's something that you could, someone could say that we're not, quote, classically trained in, but we're good at and we love and we've turned it into a part of our business. Yeah. As someone who is a writer, has been on the red carpet, talked to every celebrity and had quite the career in the fashion world in media, how was it opening, cracking open that new part of your personal brand and making it a part of a, making it a brand brand? Because I think a lot of people listening may have something they're good at, that they mm-hmm. love, that is their brand, but they're like, but... I really want to be a hairdresser and I'm yeah. kind of good at it and I want to do it. Like, what was that process like for you? Because for me, it was intimidating. Yes, I think in the back of my mind, and I still have it, is like you said, not classically trained. So anyone at any point could turn around and say, well, you're not qualified to be designing furniture, but I do design it and I sketch it and I go with the artisans yep. and, and make it. And um, I think it's about doing things with as much integrity and not to you know, overuse the word passion, but it is genuinely a passion that lights me up when I get to do it. And I um, feel that there's a definitely a huge connection between fashion and interiors. You Mm. have a love for the aesthetic and the creativity, putting things together, styling the way you do. And I, and I think that um, they do go hand in hand, but it's something that has happened authentically and organically over over a period of years rather than racing to the next thing. And I think what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of quote unquote influencers. And I I, I do fall into that category, even though I don't love that word. Um, you and me both. It's so yeah, we go to these dinners and sit next to someone and I'm like, you know, I have a LinkedIn profile. Like you're just 21 and have a phone. I feel so strange being in that category. But yes, yes. You know. And like I said, I'm very old. <laughs> I'm, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, she is being hard on She's not. I mean, you'll see when you, the minute you follow Louise. But Well, I am. Um, no, but I, I say that as a joke, but I also am. I am an old soul. I still keep yeah. a paper calendar. I am ironically work in, so, in you know, social media and e-commerce, but I'm a bit of a Luddite and I'm like new technology. I'm like, oh, can I have a book, please, with pages? <laughs> Um, right. black and white photo. I'm literally looking at black and white photos now of my great granny who inspired my interiors brand, which is called Charlotte England, named after her. Um, but just to, to finish on that point about having different ideas and um, not necessarily knowing how to go about starting that new career. Um, I, I was always a bit scared that you you could get lumped in that pile of like, oh, another influencer that just started another brand or another line of this and give it six months and it's gone or you're following the the pack. And I just didn't want to do that for so for many, many years, even when I lived in LA and my team were often saying, come on, what's the next thing? Because you can't just be shooting photos or it's great to have TV show, but do you want to really have something with your footprint on it? And I just said, no, I'm not ready because it's not come yet and I, it needs to be done properly. And and then I think during lockdown, a lot of people had a moment of peace where their brain could actually think. 
Um, and I did. I felt suddenly quite creative because there were no meetings. There was no racing around. You were stuck in your house, which wasn't great. But it, in, in some ways, it was a, a weirdly because I looked at old yeah. books and I started getting ideas. And so I, I designed a range of uh, rattan furniture and also accessories. And then I started collecting antique chairs, which I have um, reupholstered in a fabric I created in the UK. And, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm currently talking to about six different countries where I've got artisans making my next thing, which is tabletop, to add to the oh. to the collection. So I'm very excited. It's really incredible what you've done. And I felt a similar unlock, uh, a mental unlock during COVID. My brand had kind of been in the works, but it was really the lockdown that made everything kind of come out of me um, and bring it to life, similar to you. Um, is there a way that I think for someone like you that juggles many talents and is good at many things from on camera to writing behind the screen to taking beautiful photos of yourself to designing home decor, how do you go about identifying what parts of you go into the Louise Rowe brand, right? Because you could also be good at a uh, jump rope, but you're not going to sell jump ropes, right? Yes. So I think how do you kind of hammer out what the house is built on? It's, gosh, that's a really good question. Because um, I would hate, you know, I see these people who, God bless them, friends of mine who are like, I had the best idea and it's something. And I don't want to say, God, that's weird, but it doesn't feel <laughs> like you, <laughs> you know, or something, right? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, um, it I, does't feel like your brand or something. I honestly, this, this might sound like an annoying answer, but it's in your gut. And I think the instinct, no, and I've never doubted. And when I'm designing plates, and right now I'm designing hand embroidered linens that are being oh. created in, in India. And every time I get a sample back or a color, it's a very definite, yes, love this more than anything I've ever seen, or no yeah. way, no way. There's no gray area in the middle. And I felt like that about the launch of this brand. Yeah, And I also wanted to think strategically and long term. I'm very, very happy for it to be very small for a long time and grow slowly as long as it does grow. But I didn't call it Louise Rowe Home or Louise Rowe yeah. Anything because I wanted it to stand alone from that. And yes, I'm in some of the pictures on the social, you know, we've got all the social platforms for Charlotte England, but I don't want it to feel like just me holding things up. You know, yeah. I want it to have its own identity. That's really important to me. But then I also am aware that um, I need to use the other skill sets I might have and, and the followers to to promote it and bring attention to it. So, um, you know, I I'm, I'm think I've used the skills of knowing how to manage social platforms to direct people there, but without becoming too annoying and salesy. Um, Do you find a struggle there about do you feel an internal pressure? I sometimes do. And I think now they've been trained, but I feel sometimes I'm talking about my company so much that people are like, just send me the fucking link for the jeans. I don't want to hear you selling me more stuff of your own brand. Like, do you feel that internal struggle at all? Because I, I hate saying this, but I think a lot of people are on Instagram to get stuff. Completely. Where'd you get the hair done? Where'd you get the lipstick? Where'd you get this? Send me the link now. And it's yes. like, well, support me. I've supported you, <laughs> you know? I feel a little pressure sometimes. Yes, no, I hear you. I think that you are very organic and always have a sense of humor about what you do. So I never think that about you specifically. 
Um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, really. And I think that I, that's a nice compliment that I will sometimes get too. is that I just want to be as, as sort of true to, you know, when you do see my husband and I being silly on Instagram, that is what we're like on and off camera. And and so I hope I'm the same when I'm talking about if it is my brand. I'm. It's the passion of explaining how I style it. For example, I've got a little console table that can, is I use as a dressing table for with a mirror on top, or I love styling it up on a Friday with cocktails, and it becomes your cocktail cart. And and I I love doing that. That's fun for me. And like all the yeah. paint behind looks great against it, so it becomes more of a design element. And there's a bit of a takeaway rather than like buy this, buy this, you know. And I think right. that that's very important but it, it also I think it, if to, to go back to the advice for anyone listening is is that nothing you have learned so far will ever be wasted no matter how obtuse you think it was for example I did English literature at university but I still weirdly did you know I'm a big bookworm and I have all these old old penguin classics and I ended up buying a load and handwriting thank you notes and those are out in every single um, box that goes out. And people have really responded to it because they're nerds like me. And I, um, and I love that. If you like antiques, you're probably going to like an old penguin classic that comes wrapped in a velvet ribbon. Um, Equally my background in journalism, I have tried to be as sort of thinking with that hat on when I'm writing about the product or doing even captions, having a sense of humor equally still mates with a lot of editors. And I am kind of like, Hi. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, no pressure, but you know, yeah. I'm just going to send you this and if you like it, great. But it's, yeah. and for that reason, I haven't had to so far had a PR, have a PR, um, which is brilliant because I've managed to get some really lovely coverage in publications without. I saw that. That's amazing. All the it's coverage great. you just had. It's uh, the PR is a tricky one because we went months without and then I kind of was like skirting around tables of editors and nudging and sending and you know doing the same thing and we we ended up doing it for a bit and it did help us but um you're at the spot where you're getting such great stuff now it's totally not necessary you know you'll you'll know the time when's right if you want if you want pr for your brand but there's still so much of you talking about the sending out the penguin books and not just holding up pictures of yourself uh with the products on instagram you're still very personal Uh, it feels like a, a personal brand in the way that you know who the founder is do you see that um content with you in it performs better uh, or there's more of a connection when you do share that on the brand side, like the response from the books? Yes, very much so. So whether it's yeah. a photo, a still, or probably the most performative is if I go on stories and actually talk about the items themselves. That's um, my favorite. When you which do makes that. sense. I, I feel think. the connection. I need to do some more, actually. That was on my list for today and it did not happen. But um, I, I like that. And, and it really... You know, it's it's all the stuff that I was thinking when I was designing it. There are pots that come in small, medium, large. And I'm like, this is the perfect one for your waste paper basket. And this is what I've done. I put daffodils in the little ones. And it's nice to show it in my house as I'm using it in different ways. Um, I think it's um, the it's- same. To be honest, though, Preston, it's the same as like a fashion piece. Because if you have a black dress or a suit and, and you're kind of saying – have you thought about wearing it this way and then switch up the boot because you're going out now? And, and I, it, to me, it's the same formula. I, you know. Well, that's the best thing about your personal brand as Louise, uh, which was on my list to talk to you about, is that, um, and I have a 
idea that why your brand is doing so well, because you are, you provide a lot of content to me that is like infotainment. That is like, I come and I'm entertained by you or your family and your life, but I also learn something. And particularly through the house reno process, there was so much infotainment there because who doesn't want to watch a pretty hot girl knock down a wall with a sledgehammer, but then also learn about how to style something in an orangerie, right? Or what the hell an orangerie is. So, <laughs> so do you find that, um, do you see that in your content? Like, I feel like that was a key success factor in the launch of Charlotte is because you're a knowledge base, not just a pretty face, if that makes sense. Well, thank you very much. The answer to your question is an orangery is a conservatory that has foundations. <laughs> so there's a little more wall going on. And there'd be yeah. anyway, um, I think so. I think that might be back to the magazine days of the, right. where's the takeaway? What am I learning? And it was important to me when I launched the Charlotte England's e-commerce site to have a blog section because I wanted to be able to not not just sell product. But, you know, there are pieces about this room, for example, you can't really see it's my dressing room, but there's hand painted detail on the wardrobes and we have we built them and I, there's a story behind it all. And so those are the sorts of things or, you know, how to set the table for your Easter brunch or whatever it is you're planning. I think um, I, I wanted that to be part of the the feel of the shop. But being honest, it's also because having a blog section on an e-commerce site helps SEO. So They've been know. yelling at me for so long about this. <laughs> that the SEO, because you don't have a blog, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't need a blog. I need to sell some goods. Who's going to write it? I don't have time. You know, so it's so smart how you laid it out because you are a resource, but you're also a smart businesswoman. So people can use the resource and then it works for you behind the scenes. I hope so. And I want people to feel like they're not just being, yeah, given big products to, to buy all the time. They, you know, when they go to it for other reasons. When you started the uh, now second home reno process, uh, or I guess when you started the first, did you feel that um, as someone who maybe didn't start their career in interior design, that that would be your expertise stamp on your brand in home? Because like I launched, for example, my PK home channel before I had the brand because I wanted to familiarize my audience with this other part of my being. Um, and I felt like it lended credibility. Did you have your brand in mind the whole time as you launched Louise Rowe Home? Social? No, you had way more forethought than me. Mine was completely <laughs> a happy accident. And I only launched, so I have, my main Instagram is Louise Rowe. Then I started Louise Rowe Home when we began renovating this country house. And it was just really almost like my own little mood board. It still is. It's not, it has become a bit of a business, but I'm extremely strict and protective over how many and what kinds of sponsored content I'll do on it. It's really rare. And I, and I just enjoy this community because it's a different kind of community of yeah. like people who are obsessed with paints and helping each other out as well. It's like, oh, there's this antique place here and you go around the back of the restaurant you can find and it's so cute I love it um but I did not have that kind of plan in mind at all it's it's worked out really well equally we had no idea we would do all this work to this country house and then leave it less about a year after we lived in it so all that stuff has kind of led to 
your point of, of having more of a foothold in the interior yeah. space, but it wasn't planned at all. Are you on TikTok? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So, answer first and then I'll go I'm, off. I'm not. I feel like I... Am I like the 20th person to yell yes, at you about that today or yes, something? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. So I, I've got like two brilliant managers and they're like, come on, Louise. And I'm like, I just don't want to be doing dances, but they say it's not just for dancing. Can I tell you something? I'm about to, in less than a year, really in the last three months, surpass my Instagram following on TikTok that I spent a decade building on Instagram. Really? Yeah. And do those and people purchase though? So this is so... I had this conversation with a friend the other night. We're watching Drag Race at a little Drag Race viewing party, and I'm showing him my TikTok. I'm very proud of it. He's like, I think TikTok's all fucking inflated. I think TikTok inflates the numbers. Does it even help? Like, do you have any proof? And I said, look at my Shopify. And I pulled up the Shopify from the day before when a video of my candles went viral. And I was, I called my business partner in LA. I said, the Shopify won't stop going off. I'm freaking out. Like, it's like, order, order, order order, order. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do that normally. It doesn't. It's we're a small business. Yeah. Um, But the reason I ask is because I'm now in this, I'm in design TikTok (laughs) because I dedicate my TikTok just to home and hacks. So that's all I really see on my algorithm. And I think you as a storyteller and as someone who's amazing in front of the camera and has a great voice for voiceover, you would just do it. Smash, fucking smash. Out of everyone following all these girls who are renovating. Hi, I'm Susie. I'm renovating an 1820s farmhouse in Carolina and blah, blah. Fuck Susie. Preston Conrad. I love Susie, but I think you should be Susie too. Oh, I love you. Well, all right. I'm more convinced by you than anyone else. And I (laughs) I think, God, where do I find the time? Okay. Well, so that leads to my next question is we've talked about all this amazing stuff, your career, your background, your brand, the homes, not to mention you have children and a husband and a personal life. Um, Talk to everybody at home about the juggling of all of this. And I hate to say this to a woman, how do you find the time? But really, I want to personally know how the hell you find the time because I am blown away what I see you put out. I don't have it figured out and I don't think anyone does. And I remember um, Chriselle Lim, who has a ton of employees and followers and is in the fashion beauty space in LA saying to me once, you know, balance is a bit of a mystical, silly word because nobody has it. And if you get it for one afternoon of your life, then just cherish it and be really proud of yourself because then it will go away again. And I think (sighs) once she said that, it was almost like the permission to go, "Ah, okay, there is this pressure. And I felt, I felt that even more living in LA than I do in London, where it was like, come on, be perfect in every single tick box scenario. Um, I feel I did. So we, we, when we moved house this summer, I also gave birth the end of May and then launched. I was watching that from a mile away or a (laughs) million miles away being like the timing of this woman. I'm like, she is just tackling all of this there was, right yes now. and I did kind of limp to Christmas being like <laughs> wow I but then everyone else seemed to be that that, that same way this Christmas right. um so it's still you know there are still meltdowns and moments when I'm like I just can't do all this or I feel like a bad mum that week because I've done too much work or I feel like a crap businesswoman because I haven't been available for that enough but I try practical right I try and map out each week and schedule as much as I can knowing that it won't all go to plan and stuff will be cancelled and extra stuff will come in. I will 
I mean, I shouldn't even need to say this, but I would always prioritize my children, my family first above and beyond anything. And, um, you know, nothing else matters if you don't have that at all. And then I also, actually, this is really nerdy and fun. I also try and schedule in at least once every two weeks, one of my cultural visits, because when we moved back, I wrote a list of all the galleries, museums, little old houses. National Trust is this organization in the UK that you can get a membership to. It's brilliant. And all the old castles and stately homes, Downton Abbey vibes, you know. In fact, you can yeah. go and visit Downton Abbey. Um, oh. it, that I go and I will do one. So tomorrow I'm going on a tour of the Sewn Museum, which is unreal if you're not in London just look it up on Instagram when he died Sir John Stone was a um, fantastic architect and when he died it was in his will that this house would remain untouched you couldn't move a vase a picture the Victorians did but then oh. luckily after that it was put back but it's insane his his you'd love it Preston next time you come, I would go. die so those are the sorts of things that and and I do a little bit of working out but I'm been a bit rubbish on that something always drops and it's probably social life at the moment that there's not much of that going on a little um but I do these little cultural trips because they fill me up with uh, inspiration and it gets my brain going and it's a reminder of why I want to be in the creative industry because back to something you said earlier you could just make hundreds of thousands of like I don't know electric razors or something and and sell them and make money that way but it's there's a reason why I want to take the more difficult path and those moments of going to see something that's super old and interesting remind I'm me. Gonna- I'm going to start tagging you because I've just circled and put five stars around this thing, a a note of booking in the cultural visits. And I'll tag you when I start my first one because it uh, living, you know, you live in these beautifully rich cities with great culture. And I often find myself perched at this desk talking to people or on a Zoom or in a, you know, crying in the corner about something with shipping (laughs) or or manufacturing. But um, the last time I've been to the Met, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I went for work sit on the steps and talk to famous people but I haven't been inside you know it's true and you do forget like you're in New York City and I think when you go as a tourist like the Neuer Gallery did you and you watched like the woman in gold I remember watching that on a plane yeah and and then I I was already going to the Neuer Gallery the next day not realizing that's where the woman in gold was and I just think you know okay you don't you can get this these moments not just in New York and London but I appreciate it all I've added that to my list. I've put a million stars around it. Before we run out of time, I also want to ask you, because you are a personal brand, Brand Louise, and you do have a brand, Charlotte, how do you strike the balance with what you do and don't share of your personal life on your personal brand outputs? Like, do you ever struggle there? I I used to, and now I know where I'm at, and I'm actually really strict. And I think that um, what I share is always real. Nothing is is pretend but I think it might feel like I share more than I really do if that makes sense so for example I would never share my toddler's face but I think a lot of people don't notice that because I'll share side of her face or the back or you know she's running behind but actually I was talking to a friend about this yesterday and she said um, before I sort of knew your little girl, I wouldn't have recognized her. And I'm like, great. That's the best thing you ever could have said because that's the worst nightmare is some random running up to her and knowing her name. 
And I'm not right. saying like 99.9% of your followers are, are, are lovely, but you just never yes. know if there's a weirdo you never know. in the background. Yeah. And then um, my baby's very little, so I do show her face. But to be honest, I'm going to stop very soon because she's no longer a newborn. And it's, I always say, judge it by what makes me feel icky in my tummy. If I'm not comfortable with it, that's the feeling. And then I'll say no. And so um, I think I probably used to share a little bit more than I do now. And I think that perhaps that's just coming with age. And and I will, um, I'm so, so hardcore on those boundaries, because otherwise, it can just snowball. And there are people who I'm great friends with, who who have completely different boundaries and what they're comfortable with. And that's fine, you know, but yeah. um, I know mine and I'm, I stick to them. I really respect that. I mean, I'm, I'm very similar. I mean, my partner never shows up on Instagram and that's he his doesn't. It's his choice. He really chooses, he yeah. really doesn't like it. And he yeah. really, he didn't sign up to be talking to a bunch of random people yeah. <laughs> like I, I did. that. And yeah. it, you know, you talk about him, we know he's there, but it, I think, I think there's a real level of respect for that. There should be anyway. It feels nice. Um, what is next for this brand? Because as a fellow brand builder, before I let you go, I'm so excited. You've talked about the development but of, of what you're working on, but what kind of future do you see for Charlotte, England? I'm so loving the branding. I'm loving the products. I'm an old soul at heart too. I'm a lady you uptown are. in you my are. dreams. And I very much just identify with it. What's next? You're a bit of an Upper East Side old lady <laughs> and I love you. Oh, um, God. Give me a so poodle painful. and an old Chanel jacket and I'd be happy. Yes, 100% <laughs> tweed. Um, it's nice to to have a plan, but also not know. I want to throw a really small event and I've got an idea where somewhere that hasn't actually had an event before in London, a really beautiful space. And um, I, uh, like I mentioned, there are going to, to be plates mugs napkins and tablecloths I'm very excited about that um I also don't want to run before I can walk I think it's important to let it breathe I was talking to this incredible fabric designer Natalie Farman Farmer who I have massive respect for last week and she said you know the interiors industries are a lot slower than the fashion industry and it can take a long time for the favorite bestseller to actually appear as such. And um, I'm, I'm happy to just, you know, I'm going quite fast at the moment. So I'm happy once these products come to fruition, I saw some samples today that are being made in Italy and it's just very exciting, but I, I will, I will think I'll do some beautiful shoots with it and then sit and see what happens. And you should. Yeah. We rushed. I didn't rush. I felt very, very pressured by other talent-driven brands yes. to drop things faster. Yeah. And um, what you said about the homewares world moving slower. I mean, I started with three products a year ago and we're at, we're about to launch our 15th product. And I'm like, okay, I have to, we're about to launch five new ones and it's enough for Like I have to slow down and let it. Yeah. I agree what you're saying. You need to let the pot simmer and see what bubbles to the top and what you yes. want to hang your hat on. And yeah, exactly. Do you know who else you should have on here is um, Julia Berlsheimer. She yeah. is similar background. Um, and they they live in um, Charleston, but mm. they, launched having been an influencer for, for ages but she still is she's launched a homewares and fashion mm. brand but they what i loved is when they launched they said when the new stuff's ready is when it's ready 
It's not oh. like adhering to these crazy schedules of collections dropping and, you know, it is handmade. It's, it's, it'll be, it's here when it's here. And obviously if you're not, you don't want to be waiting years and years for that, but I think I like that approach. I like that approach a lot. And um, social media can get the best of you and make you feel like you're doing much worse than you are when in actuality you're doing just fine. Mm. Um, what is, before I let you go, do you have a moment of brand building, whether it's Brand Louise or Charlene that lives rent-free in your head from your life that was like, God, that moment <laughs> that was uh, a blessing or a blunder? Oh, what, you mean a moment where something big happened? Yeah, that just kind of, you'll always kind of, if it was your framed $2 bill on the wall, that would be it. Okay. I think it's probably more in the entertainment industry, because especially now that red carpet events aren't really happening, certainly not in the way they used to, um, I think it's more those moments. And like... I anchored the ABC show for the Oscars on my own stage live. We had 36 million viewers, which I didn't know at the time. And then I got to go inside and watch the actual show. Now that's not necessarily brand building, but I think it's brand Louise pinch me moments that you think this will never happen again. I'm going to soak up every minute. And you do think, God, you can kind of do anything after that. So sometimes it's like a, a, you know, in, in retrospect, you've been given confidence by something and that allows you the freedom to go and pursue this other path. But I think doing as much research as you can on anything, I'm a big proponent of homework. And that is honestly, whether I'm on the red carpet or talking to probably 20 different people in the interiors industry who were kind enough to give up their time and have long chats with me, many of whom I didn't know at all. They were just a friend of a friend of a friend. And some were even in the Wicker and Rattan industry. So I'm like, gosh, you're doubly kind doing this. So I think homework, I love to buy old books that are out of print, like House and Garden, you know, 1989 interiors, and you can buy them on Etsy and eBay. And those pictures are not on social media. So I find those incredibly inspiring. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, that's probably the book version of me going to some old museum and just soaking it up. And I love to go on those trips on my own. Because those are just, I I love that, you know, bit of a You've left me with... So many, I I have my pencil in my hand, the back half of this interview, and I've got a whole page of notes with circles and doodles, and you've left me inspired. And every time I talk to you, I'm always happier. And I'm so glad we... You need to go to Grasse in the south of France. To, you know, uh, that's where all the noses are and all the perfume and soap companies where they yes, make... Yes, Le Labo has a... Uh, Le Labo does a lot of stuff out of Grasse. You know, I was really? meant... Before I saw you in London in November, I was meant to actually be in Paris. But this, oh, uh, yes. this irresponsible COVID non-checker passporter has a, a passport that expires next month. So she wasn't allowed into France. Oh, huh? so, <laughs> so I'll be back soon. But when <laughs> I'm back, I'll come in... Um, come to your fancy new warehouse and drive the forklift. Oh yeah. Brilliant. And I'll be your assistant to Paris. No yes, trouble. Please. You can be my nose in chief. Yes. <laughs> Louise, how can everybody find you and your brand? Um, at Charland underscore England and at Louise Rowe. Yeah, that's me. Easy. Louise, thank you so much for taking a time out of the juggliest of schedules to sit down oh, with me. Thank you so much. I miss you very much. You are the best. On either side of the pond, hopefully very soon. We'll see each other. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.